again. It's been a long time since I've done this, or it feels like it. Um, in reality, it's been about a week, and then almost two weeks now, because I'm late on this one. Sunshine! Stop! I'm trying to get into the trash. Um, anyway, so I hope you'll forgive me um, for that. I just had some health issues uh, going on, so I wasn't able to do it. And then again this week, it was kind of like that. So um, I tried. The script here isn't very good. I tried. So that's what you're dealing with. Um, um, yeah, and next week will be a better episode. I, yeah. So, <laughs> and on time. Um... <laughs> So I'll try my hardest uh, again. <laughs> I'm sorry about the absence. I didn't know what was going to happen or I would have warned you. And the same about this episode being late. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's not that late. So it's Wednesday. That's a day close to Tuesday. Anyway, uh, everything should go back to normal uh, next week. So first of all, we're going to start off with something fun because I felt like it um, about this I'm not really sure you'd call it a town um, yeah and just stuff about it um, I it's the most haunted places in Sweden but I then again I don't uh, speak Swedish so I couldn't find a lot of history and that could be my problem is that I speak English and was searching in English and not Swedish but I did get some Swedish sites so I'm not sure what this place yeah I make sense I do sometimes um so a little bit about the village history milestones 1750 were the first settlers settled in Borgvatten around a place called Borgsjön. I do not know if I'm saying these right. I'm pretty sure I'm saying them wrong. Before then, the Borgsjö had been a Vratsland to eat city. Uh, they had permission to hunt and fish on those fields. I guess that was pretty cool. Back then, in 1782, the church was ready. It was a well-known church. Uh, security chief Paul Pearson from Stugun, who built the church, he requested eight plates for his work, but the congregation was so pleased that he got 14. Holy shit, this is like the nicest town ever. The hardest job was to carry home the heaviest plate, which were the means of payments of the time. In 1872, Borkvatten got its first drive. Before that, there was there were only Klovjestiger, which led to the village. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. Um, in 1873, Borkvatten became its own parish, separated from Hammerdell and annexed stu to Stugen with its own municipal administrations and priest. In 1876, the priest 
residence was completed. At this time, most priests also engaged in agriculture aside from their priesthood. It was therefore necessary for the congregation to offer land to use besides a dwelling that meant churchmen in Borgvatten. It became a compromise, and the home ended up a bit far away from the church and village itself. In 1921, the road to Remsil will be completed. The road to Remsil had been high on the wish list for a long time, and it was last to be made and was ready. In 1947, the ghosts are apparently moving. It was Eric Lindgren's last year in the old priest residence, and it is noticed that there are mysterious happenings uh, happening in the priesthood. Um, we'll talk about that later. But ghosts are mentioned in the national press, and the Borgvetnet ends up on the map uh, due to inexplicable inexplicable phenomenon having lasted a long time before that. This is translated from Swedish, so I'm sorry if it's a little, like, weird from English. Um, 1948, the new priest house is ready after carrying out a large number of improvements and repairs. In 1943, the assembly decided to build a new priest residence in the village. So he was just outside the village for all that time. In 1948, it became available, and it was then that Eric Lindgren, Lindgren, who was the priest, and he moved down to the new pastoral building, Otto and Axelina Farnloff, uh, bought the old manor house and moved to it. Axelina grew up next to the pastor house when her father, John, Johann Olaf Westerberg, was an arrendator and had a residence on the farm. In 1970, merchant Eric Branholm buys the priest yard and transform it in, transforms it into a hotel. So there is a hotel that you can go to. Um, and it was ready for its first summer in 1970. And that uh, was from bragvatnet.eu. And it is in Swedish. And it is very hard. So uh, that is a bunch of names that you don't know or care about but it's some like uh history i'll say of the village which is kind of nice uh the activity does surround itself primarily around i believe it is the priest building um but yeah uh, so just a little bit more history of this place uh, before I start on the hauntings, but really this place is all hauntings. You can't really find anything else. Um, Borgvinet, Fatnet, uh, is most, knows, most known for is its vi- vicarage. 
I can't speak. I believe that's like the priest house. I'm not sure, but it is there that the activity is. Um, which was built in 1876, as it is reportedly the most haunted place in Sweden. Um, the haunting started in 1927, as you'll hear over and over again in the upcoming pieces uh, I'll be speaking about, and was written by Chaplain Nils Heldland, who at the time lived there. Chaplain Rudolf Tankton also claimed to have seen activity, this time claiming a gray lady. It's important to note that because gray ladies are something that are kind of um, commonly seen. We heard about them before in Nova Scotia when I talked about there. They had a gray lady. Anyway, just moving on. And then in 1940s, in the 1940s, the chaplain's living with, uh, that he, chaplain living, I did not write this well, uh, the chaplain was living with someone, apparently, who claimed that they both experienced poltergeist activity, three old women, oh, it was a guest at his house, three old women, uh, were claimed to have been seen by a guest who saw them in the dark, but after turning on the lights, they were still there. Nils Heldlund, the chaplain, wrote down the strange things that he experienced. Uh, that's not very ghost-free, but this place doesn't have much without it. It was also on Ghost Hunters International, if you would like to watch that. Um, <laughs> I think it was on, like, season either three or eight. I'm not sure. It was one of those two. Uh, and now we go on to the ghosty ghost stuff because, yeah. Um, the priests who inhibited the priesthood can be read about here. The most famous person in the city of the city, Water. I think this was translated too. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, it should be mentioned first. It is the merchant uh, legend. Apparently he's a legend in Sweden in this particular area. Eric Branholm, who has put the, put Borgnet, Borgvetnet on the map in various ways. His auctions at the celebration er Eriksberg, sometimes with uh, Jockman's Jock as a drawstring, became widely known events. I don't know what that is. I'm sure it's something Swedish. Eric Linden. Lindgren, who was the last priest who in inhabited the ghost uh, priest, so the place which was considered and is still considered haunted, is perhaps also a very famous person. He was involved in school theater, village games, including the West Water Jewel. Apparently, Swedish people have a thing for water. Um, of course, there are many people who mean a lot to... Oh, fuck. Borg... 
fat nin bagden. So um, this particular site chose not to mention more of them because apparently everyone matters, which is nice. Sweden is a nice place. Um, the sewer sock, or sewage sock, uh, soon to be 200 years ago, uh, was in Jap Jamtland's newspaper April 13, 1953. Two brothers from Val Ilet were the first permanent settlers of Borgvatten in a couple of years, more specifically in 1954. Borgvatten's parish can celebrate its 200th anniversary. Um, so uh, it's kind of amazing how old the place is. Okay, so the priests who were housed in the original house um, claimed that they never got any rest there. And we have a dog with a squeaky toy, so I will not get rest. Um, now you can actually sleep there. As I mentioned before, there is a hotel. And you can try and sleep there if you'd like. Yeah. So, Commander Nils Heldun's experience was with the laundry being demolished. That happened in 1920. Commander Rudolf Trenchden, who saw the Grey Lady, uh, was in the beginning of the 30s. Uh, apparently communist Otto Lindgren and his wife heard tambourine and music from um, Element. I'm assuming that would be like the stove. Uh like the wood stove, at end of the 30s, Inga Floden, who under considerable space took th uh, looks at the three ladies in the crying room. Apparently they were all crying. That happened in the beginning of the 40s. Uh, Eric Lindgren, who experienced strange things among, uh, among throne objects was also thrown out of his rocking chair at the end of the 40s um, and many independent guests speak of sounds footsteps and other inexplicable uh, experiences in the priesthood that was again uh, from borgvetnet.eu I know I'm butchering that name I can just feel it here we get some stuff in English yay <laughs> Not that Sweden, Swedish is bad translated to English. Oops, sorry. It just does not work well. Um, built in 1876, the humble house where holy men started to get its first reported hauntings in 1927, when a resident vicar came and reported strange happenings, including his laundry being torn from the line. Tales of supernatural events continued to ensue uh, during the decades, with almost every new vicar and their family or guests claiming to experience ghostly antics. 
things have moved, screams have been heard, shadow people have been seen, and the old rocking chair keeps on rocking. The legends surrounding the origins of the hauntings tell of abused maids, even babies buried in the backyards, though it is now also said the old vicars themselves haunt the house. In the early 1980s, the renowned site caught at the attention of outsider priests named Tor Foslund, uh, the ghost priest, this devoted enemy of the occult came to town promising to rid the apparitions that the citizens had already begun, begun capitalizing on. Unfortunately, his exorcism seemed to have met with little to no success, and he left the area within a year. Today, the vicarage is run as a small bed and breakfast for those curious enough to stay the night with the option to rent the whole house. Anyone who makes it through the night will receive a diploma, and that is to mark their honor. That was from atlasobscura.com. And I would like to mention that the uh, origin stories, I was not able to find any about abused maids or babies being buried in the backyard. So I don't know particularly where that is from. Um, I have stopped the squeaking. Okay, uh, this one... Several of the vicars that lived at the vicarage over the years, I know people are going to hate the way I said that, experienced strange activity while living there. It is their accounts that have given the old house such a strong reputation for being haunted. The old vicarage, vicarage, I know that's how you're supposed to say it, whatever, was built in 1876, but it wasn't until 90 years later, in 1927, that the first encountered with a ghost occurred. The chaplain, Nils Hedlund, who you've heard about before, at the time experienced several things that he could not explain. One incident involved his laundry as he made his way to the attic to gather more of his laundry. He saw an unseen force outside tearing down his clothes from the line. The next priest to reside at the vicarage in 1930 was Rudolf Tangden. While he was sitting in one room, he spotted an old woman wearing a gray, wearing gray, appear in a nearby room. He got up to ask what she wanted, but as soon as he answered the room, she just vanished. Tangden's successor, Otto Lindgren, lived in the vicarage in 1940. He and his wife heard unexplained sounds and saw objects move. They heard disembodied steps in the hall as well as music coming from this area. Um, the female visitor, Inga Florden, Floden, uh, stayed in the guest room and was awakened in the middle of the night. She was feeling that she was being watched and saw three old women sitting on the sofa. They all appeared to be crying. She was quick to turn on the light, and they were still there, but now appeared blurry. When she got off the sofa, uh, the bed, the sofa had not been in the room. When she woke the next morning, it was not there. That sounds very translated, too. But anyway, Eric Lindgren, 
Another chaplain assigned to the vicarage in 1945 recorded several unusual experiences, including one that occurred as he moved in. Tired from unpacking, he sat on the rocking chair to read a book. Um, suddenly, his chair tipped forward and he was thrown out. Lindgren stated that he was, uh, when he sat down again, he felt a strong force enter his body. Today, that rocking chair is seen rocking on its own. In recent years, the vicarage has been used as a small bed and breakfast. It is also a restaurant and cafe. Many of the guests have stayed here and reported strange activity. These reports include shadow people, footsteps on the stairs, a woman screaming, someone crying, knocking sounds, and a Madonna seen in one mirror. One couple was making their way downstairs when an unseen entity grabbed the husband's arm. He was dragged down the rest of the steps and out into the yard. The couple refused to enter the house, or re-enter the house, and they slept on a tent in the lawn instead. Several guests have reported being awakened to find unseen cold hand pressed on their forehead. Several theories have been put forth as to why the old vicarage is haunted. Many believe the former vicars, vicars? By cars that haunt the house. Others recount strange story. One involves a maid who worked at the vicarage. She found herself pregnant and out of desperation she killed and buried the baby next to the house. Yet another tale involves one priest, Per Hedlund, who lived at the vicarage. His wife, Marta, died while delivering their 11th child. 11 kids? Holy crap. Um, Per took her body from the morgue, and in a strange twist, villagers had to convince him to bury her. It is said when he moved away from the vicarage, he dug her body up and took it with him. A strange side note to this story is Nils Hedlund was the first vicar to notice paranormal activity in the house, was one in the house was one of Marta's son. Today when people are willing to stay at the entire night at the old vicarage bed and breakfast, they receive an over the night certificate for their uh, bravery. And that's from Seek seeksghost.blogspot.ca Yeah. And it's like they're mostly the same stories as well as the same sort of mm, like it's quite well documented as to what people claim to see as to what uh, people claim to see from 1927 and who lived there and who like all of that sort of stuff. The only thing that uh, is not particularly clear is the wife, if he needed to be convinced to bury her and if he took her. And of course the maid uh, killing her child and burying it. Um, so otherwise it seems to be like somewhat legit. I don't know. I, I don't think that a holy man would like make shit up. But then again, I don't know. 
<laughs> um, yeah, so that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, come to your own conclusion as to if you think this location is haunted or not. This episode uh, may or may not be a mess. I'm going with it probably is. Um, but next week will be better. And we'll be on time, I promise. Um, but I have no <laughs> regrets. Um, anyway, uh, regardless, I wanted an episode out because I don't like not being on a schedule. Anyway, as always, you can contact me for anything. Um, if you have ideas for where I should do, if you have comments, questions, or concerns, anything like that, anything at all, um, it's at mindlessdwh on Twitter as well as Spooky Scary Fun Time on Facebook. Have a wonderful day. I will see you all next Tuesday at my normal time. I promise. Stay spooky.